The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm here, Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XD TV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KB TV Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Cleve for 97 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continues the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. I'm sure that spirit-filled believers are looking forward to the Lord's return. And it is unimaginable that anyone would not want to be with Jesus forever. Wouldn't you want to live in a place where tears, sorrow, pain are non-existent? To live and know only peace, joy, and happiness? Wouldn't you want to meet the faithful prophets of old or see your loved ones who've gone before you and paved the way for you to be able to serve the Savior 
and read the benefits of that service. Listen to the Apostolic Faith Church Choir as they come together and sing for you the wonderful, glorious melody entitled, Don't You Want to Go? Directed by Emilia Hahn. The choir will also be accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Pahaku Carter on the organ. Please sing along with the choir as the words appear on your screen. Many followers of the Lord believe that only those baptized and filled with His Holy Spirit can experience the presence of the Lord. I'm here to tell you, dear viewers and friends, that anyone can experience the calling of the Heavenly Father. One only needs to open his or her heart and mind to the possibility of Jesus in their life. 
Open your heart, open yourself to Him, and your life journey will be blessed with joy, peace, and everlasting love. The church band, led by yours truly, will play for you the song entitled, Walking with My Lord. upon our solos for this morning, Sherlina Bing, whose love for the Savior is evident in her presentation of the song titled, The Sweetest Name of All. Sherlin will be accompanied by Teari Summers on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, Trustee Associate Pastor Evan Sproat Sr., Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars, and Iris Locke on the drums. you can bring oh Jesus 
Beautiful number, a beautiful presentation. Thank you, Sherlyn. This busy world, people rushing and attempting to do it all and have it all, can leave the individual harried and stressed. Oftentimes, many feel unappreciated and unloved, but with Jesus, we are all precious and loved. Singing their second and final number as the church choir will gather together and sing to the Lord and to you the number entitled, Precious in His Sight. Thank you. 
I now call upon the trumpet section to play the song titled, Come Unto Me. The vocal group, the Daughters of Judah, faithful and humble in their service to the Lord, eagerly await to sing for you their version of the lively melody entitled, Redeemed. The Daughters of Judah will be accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano. It is a great pleasure for me to dedicate today's number to Mr. Griffith of Maui Branch Church. May the good Lord watch and keep you and your family safe and healthy. May Jesus continue to bless you all, and I hope you and your family have a beautiful week.
Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time stations and locations in the continental United States for viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on stations KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah and parts of Nevada and Wyoming and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning our schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, Gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Kessenary Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K.Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui, Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. Some of you in our viewing audience are undoubtedly wondering if the participants in our telecast are compensated in any way to perform in the choir, band, or special vocal and instrumental groups. My answer is an emphatic no. Let me reassure you all that every person you see in our telecast are bona fide members of the Apostolic Faith Church who give up their total rehearsal and performance times as well as their talents willingly from the heart for the glory of God and for absolutely no monetary gains of any kind. Contributions from our TV viewers are used, in fact, to help maintain these weekly telecasts. And through your generosity and financial help, I'm able to bring forth such sermons as the one I have prepared for today and entitled, Let the Heathen Rage. And it is my prayer that this message will cause you to seize the moment to accept Jesus as your Savior. In fact, I implore of you, don't let today become one of missed opportunity. 
we born-again Christians believe that God's promises are yea and amen. Therefore, His promise to return in clouds of glory for His own is not a question of if He's returning, but rather, when is He coming back to translate us to our journey's end of eternal life in God's kingdom? God asked this question in Psalms, the second chapter and the first verse. Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? God answers this question. He tells who the heathen are, why they rage, and his reactions and the consequences of their rage. According to Webster's dictionary, a heathen is an unconverted member of a people or nation that does not acknowledge the God of the Bible. This fits with what the Lord says in the second to the sixth verses. The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, referring to the Lord Jesus Christ, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Many today are rejecting the Messiah's authority by those who would not submit to it. It continues, he that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. This was the prophecy of Jesus who was to come to Jerusalem, be rejected, and then return to rule and reign upon this earth. In other words, the rage would be that of the people against the truth of the Bible. Peter tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21, reads, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. In other words, every prophecy must line up with God's word. For the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. This is one of the most important passages of scripture, showing that the Bible is not a man-inspired book, but the infallible word of God. Every word of it came from God through men who were guided and kept from error in their writing by the Holy Spirit. We read in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, verses 16 and 17, to confirm Peter's epistle. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Note also that the prophecies which have been fulfilled in their every detail are wonderful proofs of the inspiration of the Holy Bible. And while there are many more prophecies still to be fulfilled, there is no more to be added to the scriptures as you read in Revelations, the 22nd chapter, verses 18 and 19.
For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of this prophecy, of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if, if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. There is room in the book of life for everyone who will accept Jesus as their personal savior. But those who refuse will not find their names written there. When the 70 came back from their mission, they boasted that even the devils were subject to the name of Jesus. But Jesus told them in Luke, the 10th chapter, the 20th verse, notwithstanding, in this rejoice not, that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice, because your names are written in heaven. In God's reaction to this rage and rebellion, there is an accurate picture and description of the world today its present and recent experiences. God spoke in his wrath, vexing in his sore displeasure, pouring contempt upon kings and rulers, bringing the princes of the earth to do nothing and making the judges of the earth as vanity. To Elijah, who was translated to heaven without dying, King Ahab said in 1 Kings 18, 17, Art thou he that troubleth Israel? And Elijah replied in the 18th verse, I have not troubled Israel, but thou and thy father's house, in that ye have forsaken the commandments of the Lord, and thou hast followed Balaam. In another instance, God spoke to Samuel to rebuke King Saul for his disobedience and rebellion. King Saul was instructed to smite the Amalekites and all they possessed. But Saul spared King Agag and the best of the sheep, oxen, and so forth. God was displeased, as you read in 1 Samuel, the 15th chapter, verses 22 and 23. And Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Saul disobeyed God, but pretended that he had obeyed. He destroyed all that was of no use, but spared for himself the best of the sheep and oxen. Samuel, the Lord's messenger, heard them. Sometimes there are bleaching, crying, sheep and lowing oxen in our lives. We put aside all that we do not want, but spare or hold on to those worldly things that we like. In other words, we hold on to our besetting sins which keep us from receiving the victory. We read in Luke 16, 31, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded. Though one rose from the dead, 
Many modern and false prophets do not believe in the virgin birth, nor that Jesus rose triumphantly over death, hell, and the grave. Many modern prophets don't hesitate to break the solemn vow they took when they were ordained. After nearly 2,000 years, these prophets of doom, who are highly esteemed among men, do not believe in his wonder-working miracles and his saving of the lives of men, women, and children, and nations of every kindred, color, and tongue. The Bible, the book of books, has endured throughout the centuries and has borne the burden and heat of battles with the wise, kings, rulers, men, and devils, ever since the serpent lifted up its voice against it. Yet it has come forth victorious over all and still stands to bless or curse mankind. Listen to Psalms 119 chapter, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Paul tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, for the word of God is quick, in other words, it's active and living, and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You, my viewing audience, ought to read the Bible daily and saturate your mind and heart with every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Search the scriptures, for in them you will find the way to eternal life. And from Genesis to Revelation, they testify of Jesus. The promise and vow we made to God when we were baptized Enjoying the body of Christ was a very special and important one. God says of those who fail to keep his promise and vow, they pollute his name, Jesus, and take the name of the Lord in vain. Today, our land is defiled by bloodshed, bloodshed in murder, rape, drug, alcohol use, and so forth. And it can only be cleansed by man shedding the blood of the murder to make atonement. Is there any rage today against his anointed? We make war on God and fight against him when we substitute the precepts of man for the law of God. Remember, the wisdom of wise men fail. We read in 1 Corinthians 1, 19 to 21, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. The preaching of the gospel of the kingdom of God, although thought to be foolish by man, carries the greatest message in the world today. Those who believe are saved. Jesus tells everyone you may have religion, position, and power, but unless you are born again, you can never see the kingdom of God. A man in this world may have seen the great sights of it. However, reading John chapter 3, verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. What kingdom was Jesus talking about? There is a mineral kingdom, 
which encompasses all manner of stones and jewels. But God's kingdom outshines even that. There is a vegetable kingdom, which consists of exotic trees, plants, and flowers. But God's kingdom will be filled with beauty even beyond that. Then there is an animal kingdom as well. However, Jesus has the following to say unto you, as you read in John chapter 3, verse 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the seventh verse, he reads, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. To be born of water is to be baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ. To be born of the Spirit means to speak in an unknown tongue or language, which is the Bible's way of proving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, you may have never heard anything like this before. When Jesus used the word born, I'm sure your first thought was of a physical birth. Thus, the question arises, how can these things be? I'm an elderly person. Can I go back into my mother's womb and be born a second time? Perhaps in spite of your religious background, you still do not understand spiritual truths. The second birth is a spiritual birth. As you read in John 3, 8, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whether it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. In other words, the work of the Holy Spirit in saving men is like the wind. It is from heaven, though it cannot be seen, and its power and work can never be fully understood. It can be heard. It is very powerful, and finally, it gives life. In fact, it was his breath of life which made man a living soul. Thus, we see that baptism is essential to salvation. Jesus charged his disciples with a great commission. We read in Mark 16, 15 to 16, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Baptism means to dip, plunge, or immerse. And without proper baptism, it will be impossible to enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection set the precedence for the salvation of mankind. The most essential element of water baptism is that it must be consummated in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Without his name, all water baptism is null and void. One who is born can't be unborn. I was born of my father and mother, and I always will be their child. And since I am born of water and of the Spirit, I'll always be a child of God. After all, He has the power to keep. Acts 4.12 declares, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And to you, my friends, in the TV audience, I say nobody has been saved any other way. Have you been saved the Bible's way? I hope so. There are so many gems from God in His Word. As you read in Psalms, the 19th chapter, the 7th verse, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. We find that nature reveals God to a certain degree so that man can see. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth His handiwork. But is in Scripture or His Word that the true character the name of God is revealed. 
they reveal that the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Word in Him, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and in Him God's glory is seen. We read in Psalms 138, verse 2, I will worship toward thy holy temple, and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. So let us pray that the word of the Lord will have a free course and be glorified. The greatest weapon ever forged is the word of God. Jesus drove away the devil when he was tempted in the wilderness. Every temptation was met and overcome with the word of God. As we read Matthew 4, 7, Jesus said unto him, And it is Satan, it is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. The next greatest weapon is the privilege of prayer. Too bad our government by law has withdrawn these two great weapons from our schools. Reading Proverbs 14, 34, Righteousness exalted a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. The raging against God's anointed and his followers is still going on today, as it was in the days of the apostles. We read John 16, 1-2, These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. Jesus warning the disciples of the soon coming persecutions, mocking and scoffing. He encouraged them to welcome persecutions because more persecutions meant more power. They were commanded by the rulers and the priests not to preach, teach, or heal in the name of Jesus. We read in Acts 4, 18-20, And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. What did the apostles do when they were persecuted? Instead of praying that they would be protected from all evil, harm, and danger, the disciples prayed more earnestly for greater bonus and greater power to withstand the persecutions. Aren't we going through the same thing today? Again, they were warned by the leaders, high priests, and rulers not to preach in his name. As you read in the 29, 31 verses, And now, be Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all bonus they may speak thy word. By stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And would to God that he would shake the world upside down, so that people might come to the knowledge of the truth and be saved. Yes, the leaders again reminded Peter and the apostles not to preach Jesus' name. But Peter replied in Acts 5, 29, We ought to be God rather than men. There is no question, already government is part of God's provision. Even in a sin-cursed, devil-may-care world, no ruler exercises control except as God permits. Daniel tells us the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and set it up over it the basis of men. Read Romans 13, 1, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Under normal conditions, the true born-again Christian 
is to be obedient to the law of the land. This does not mean he is to obey regulations that are immoral or anti-Christian. In such cases, it is his duty to be God rather than men. Gamaliel, a lawyer and a Pharisee, stood up and said, as you read in Acts 5, 38 to 41, And now I say unto you, refrain from these men, and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest happily ye be found even to fight against God. And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Did not Jesus say, and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake? Peter tells us in 1 Peter 4, 14, If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God rested upon you. On their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. And today the world is raging against the sign, Jesus coming soon. Why is it so hard for people to believe that he is coming soon? The word of God prophesies and tells us of his coming. Reading Acts 1, 9 to 11, And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. He went away in his glorified body. He will return in his glorified body. He went away as a person. He will return as a person. The important thing is true born-again Christians shall be witnessing and watching until he comes in glory for his own. This is the hope of the true church. Actually, it is not the sign that is bothering people, but the name of Jesus. The devil and the world hate that name. Plus the message it brings to the world. The world is not ready or prepared to meet him. One of these days, the sign will read, Jesus has come already, and you will have to go through the tribulation period of seven years of Jacob's trouble. Peter warns us of his return, and we ought to be mindful of these things, as you read in 2 Peter 3, 3-4, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, and all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation, scoffers laugh at the truth of God's word and the love we have for Jesus. One day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day with the Lord. Therefore, his soon is not our soon, and his time is not our time. Jesus spoke about his second coming, and he illustrated from it from various sources. He was continually warning and teaching the people about it. He warned, remember Lot's wife? Many times we have seen and heard the slogans, remember Pearl Harbor, remember the Alamo, and others, but Jesus cautioned us that we must not forget Lot's wife. There was a particular truth about this woman that Jesus wants us to remember in relation to his second coming. What then is this special lesson about her that we must never forget? Jesus said in Luke 17, 28 to 33, likewise also it was in the days of Lot that they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, 
they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife, whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. Lot's wife had had her heart fixed upon the evil city Sodom and was therefore destroyed. This tells us that Lot's wife represents a multitude of people who will not be ready for him. They will perish in the coming judgments as she perished in the destruction of Sodom. And for the same reason, what was the reason? Lot, like Abraham, was a wealthy man and his substance was great. With large possessions, she had set her affections on her stuff like the Sodomites, and she looked back and turned into a pillar of salt. If you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and view these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hanjun, and expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of His hands. The Apostolic Faith Church Band will close today's program with a wonderful melody entitled Everlasting Life is Free.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.